Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, October 13th, 2016, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm your host, Sean O'Reilly, and I am joined by Motley Fool Canada Associate General Manager, Taylor Muckerman. Uh, Mr. Muckerman, any big Halloween plans coming up? I don't know yet. Deciding on whether to spend the time in D.C. or in New York. You and the the new wife not gotten a, any like joint costumes? Like a, the Underwoods or anything? We have before, but no, I don't know about this year. What were you before, like crayons or something? Um, well, I stuffed um, a pillow under my shirt, and she dressed like a cake. Oh, God. So I was the fat kid that loved cake. Oh, my God. Yeah. Keeping it. It's about as far you, as it goes. You, you, you two are something special. <laughs> yeah, that's why we got together. Um, so uh, for our first segment here... Um, don't know what to say other than the drones are coming to the oil patch. Yeah, they sure are. Thanks um, to GE, among others. So, one, I did not know that GE has a fancy $125 million facility called the Oil and Gas Technology Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're rolling out this helicopter drone called the Raven. Yes. And it's going to help out uh, oil companies cut down costs, be more efficient, all that good stuff. Um, so, really quick, just walk us through what exactly the Raven will be doing yep. and if you think it's good for the industry. Well, so the Raven, uh, the latest version, uh, can fly for about 40 minutes without needing to be repowered. It can fly up to 50 miles an hour, has infrared uh, sensors on it to test for methane leaks. Um, and they say that it can do the same task as a human can in uh, basically three times more efficiently in terms of the time it needs. So they've tested it with Southwestern Energy and Oklahoma State University, and uh, the test went well enough to where Southwestern wants to test again, um, basically allowing this drone and its pilot to, to um, test pipelines for methane leaks or the, the well site for methane leaks mm-hmm. um, without the need for a human to be walking around with a handheld infrared yeah, so scanner. I, that's what I wanted to ask you. So let's just pretend I'm you know, an employee of Kinder Morgan or mm-hmm. just whoever. Um, how does Kinder Morgan or how do they find these leaks right now? Yeah, well, you just literally have people... Like a- Guy walking along walking the or driving along the length of the pipeline with infrared sensors um, detecting leaks, at, but the sensors that are predominantly used apparently um, don't tell you the degree of the leak um, or anything like that. So you basically just say, "Oh, there's a leak," and then you have to determine whether or not it's bad enough to fix. Um, which I think most of them are probably bad enough to fix, especially with the EPA um, cracking down on methane emissions in the fossil fuel sector. Yeah, so um, do you, how big a deal is this? Um, well, I mean, early on, right, it's not being used by everyone, it's still being tested, but it seems like there are other applications here. Um, you can imagine drone use being very convenient at offshore oil rigs. Um, you, people talk about um, using them to monitor the flaring towers on these rigs that are oftentimes quite high, um, and if something did go wrong, um, there could be fatal occurrences there, because explosions of natural gas that is not being if flared. If only we had drones for the Deepwater Horizon. I know. <laughs> that could have maybe helped with something, but you would be more reliant on semi-submersibles for um, right. for that instance because it was on, on the ocean floor. But um, you could have used drones to go in after the fact in the, in the, Assess the, the environment yeah. that may be not very conducive to human life. Um, you could have used drones for that. And so those are just some of the more applicable things. And that one company imagines drones doing away with um, exploration teams by using advanced seismic um, equipment 
on these drones to go out and maybe find oil, not just prevent spills or leaks. So we're gonna we're gonna send this drone, fly it over the the Delaware Basin. It's gonna do its. You could see that sub I mean, sub crust deal or yeah. whatever you want to call it, and. Uh, well, Chevron's Find been working with drones um, and suggests that drones possess limited technological possibilities in the oil and gas sector, and that's coming from one of the, the four or five biggest oil mm-hmm. companies in the you world. You said limited? Um, unlimited. Unlimited. Ooh, unlimited technological fun, possibilities. Yeah. yeah. So they've they've been working with them um, just briefly, uh, but then you've seen drones also be used up in um, the Pluto Bay of Alaska in very harsh environments. Has Core Labs... To my knowledge, no. I don't. I, I could go back through transcripts, but to my knowledge, no. Got it. Yeah. Okay. From what I understand, um, that company is dealing mainly below the surface. Um, which obviously, this this idea of using seismic equipment on drones could could help them out. But um, as of right now, I don't think they're using drones for anything. Got it. So um, this obviously is not a uh, tectonic shift, but as you said, unlimited potential. Yeah, That's and what it, these guys are saying you're also seeing this used in the agriculture segment as oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah um, to monitor crops, crops, to check out that, yeah, yeah. Your, your water usage. Um, you could check out not only water uses but water reservoirs on distant parts of farms, um, and then just general field maintenance uh, is is. And the U.S. government has allowed for the use of drones in the agriculture segment. Um, not, it's not just a any man for himself, there are restrictions, right. but they have allowed companies and small farms to use drones to monitor things. So, um, really quick, just before we move on, so I'm an oil company, might start using drones to find oil and check gas leaks and all yeah, stuff yeah. in the future. Um, how big a cost savings would you speculate, just as a percentage of CapEx or just whatever? I mean, is this that Yeah, that's hard. Deal? That's hard to estimate. But as they grow in the capabilities that they that they have, I would imagine that, yeah, you could see some some percentage points um, added back to margins. Um, granted, you're, you still need someone to fly these drones. They're not um, completely independent of human interaction. But you will reduce some of the um, the time needed to complete these tasks, and also some of the safety risks that you see when a human is involved. So, I could see not only predictable cost savings, but um, you know, unpredicted events not happening, which it's hard to quantify. But right. I could see that we, impacting we, that positively. We don't know what they might come exactly. up with. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Before we talk about our next topic, I wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Tommy John. Tommy John is a revolution in men's underwear that focuses on fit, fabric, and function. Shirts that stay tucked, socks that stay up, and underwear that keeps everything in place, whichever way a man moves. Tommy John products keep you comfortable. They're designed and developed using smart fabrics that are breathable, lightweight, non-pilling, quick-drying, or warming for cold weather conditions. And Tommy John also offers a wide selection of styles. Underwear comes in briefs, square cuts, trunks, boxer briefs, and boxer shorts. Undershirts come in a variety of neckline options. And socks come in all sorts of color and pattern options to suit all tastes. Um, They actually sent us, Taylor, I don't know if you got your box, but they actually sent us some samples of their products, and I can personally attest to the fact that they are awesome. I appreciate you calling me out for not receiving. I think only the hosts get oh, boxes. I'm of sorry. Things. Yeah. We'll make sure you get some. Keep everything in place no matter which way you moved. You know. Yeah. Um and uh 
As a special offer to our listeners, get 20% off your first order by going to tommyjohn.com forward slash fool and using the promo code fool, F-O-O-L. Plus, get free U.S. shipping on any order over $50. That's tommyjohn.com forward slash fool, promo code fool. Thanks again to Tommy John for their support of The Motley Fool. So, Mr. Muckerman, EPA coming out with um, some uh, emissions estimates. Everybody would assume that the culprit for CO2 levels in the atmosphere and all this stuff would be cars, and uh, that turns out not to be the case. Yeah, well, the um, data actually came from NOAA, NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association, to counteract what the EPA has said. We've got two government entities battling head-to-head. Apparently, um, fossil fuels... Uh, only account for 20 to 25 percent of uh, methane emissions uh, globally, whereas you look at microorganisms and like so livestock. I was about to say it's cows, ve- isn't it? Decaying vegetation, <laughs> um, rice. They they called out rice paddies. Um, they're they're generating 58 to Hold 60. On, rice paddies? Yeah. Really? They're generating 50. Not just ice, I know, ice paddies, but but that's the whole a... the whole group of microbial wow. sources. Fifty-eight to sixty-seven percent of yeah. methane emissions compared to only yeah, twenty to twenty-five percent. De- decaying vegetation and yep. wetlands and even termites. Yep. Um, but not fossil fuels. Yeah, is they're this... only a quarter at most, apparently. Yeah. So is this? Um, I was even thinking about um, you know a couple episodes ago we were talking about how U.S. Uh, gasoline demand is at finally the highest level yeah. since the recession. And I was also thinking how that's actually an even bigger deal because our cars are more efficient now yeah. than they were eight years ago. Um, is this a product of the last 10, 15 years? Are cars getting better too, or is this just always been the case? Yeah, I can imagine that A, the cars are getting better, their emissions controls are getting better outside of Volkswagen. Um, and uh, I don't know. You, you Cough. See, <laughs> 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 I guess they're getting their act together. Awkward. Um, yeah, yeah, awkward <laughs> for them. But um, no, if you look at uh, emissions, are definitely down from the fossil fuel sector, especially when you look at. Natural gas production. Go big oil, yeah. Natural gas production is up 47% from 1990, whereas methane emissions from that uh, is down 21%. So both directions and natural are, gas are what as, you want to see. Is, as we've covered, is, is a cleaner fuel. Yes, cleaner than coal, cleaner than oil. Um, maybe not so to, to not perfect, extract, but, but yeah. to use, it is definitely cleaner. That's been proven. Um and it's getting better in terms of how much they're producing in terms of methane. And uh, the EPA wants levels from 2012 to be down 40 to 45 percent by 2025. And um, no surprise, some states have come out and, and filed suit to not have that impact their specific states. There's 15 states. Which states are they? Well, North yeah, Dakota and yeah. Texas lead the pack, um, <laughs> two of the larger oil producers and natural gas producers in the country. Um, but it's it's interesting to see that the wild swing from fossil fuels being the main culprit according mm-hmm. to the EPA and them being kind of a backseat driver to micro to microorganisms and uh, microbial sources don't forget the wetlands from, from the from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association so um, and and when the EPA was enacting this ruling they did get called out for cherry picking their data sources um, really so maybe mm-hmm. So, uh, bringing it back around, yeah. I'm an oil and gas investor, yeah. let's say. Um, 
how much time do you spend thinking about this stuff long term? Um, well, companies have started to try and you know right. fix their methane emissions in terms of flaring and and you got and, Total if Crow were here he'd be talking about what they do yeah so companies you know. are addressing it but um, I guess it kind of goes to show that even the government might not have a full grasp on exactly where these emissions are coming from because obviously two competing organizations in the same government um, which you know kind of cause I want to see these two uh these two government agencies throw down this could be good <laughs> I mean yeah we could have a debate a mic drop yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows but um I mean it does kind of show that there may be a virtuous cycle of decaying plant matter warmer climates warmer climates causing more decaying plant matter warmer climates then being amplified by that additional decaying plant matter um and just this whole feedback loop dun 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 yeah those, the rice. The earth it's is the slowly rice. killing itself. Well, you know. Um, actually, when you sent over this uh, uh, this topic earlier, I w- I got curious as to what uh, countries are currently consuming the most oil because we all know the United States is number one, right? By far. By yeah. yeah. Um, I actually didn't know we were this high though. I'll I'll share it. Yeah, comparatively, I, I knew the level we were at, but I didn't know comparatively we were that high. Yeah. Especially when you talk about the growth in China and India of gasoline demand. The um so according to the United States Energy Information Administration. The EIA, very the good EIA. source for data and general information for anybody out there. For all, EIA. For all you oil, and, oil and gas nerds. <laughs> Any, like I mean, present company. Yeah, but fair enough. <laughs> I'm down there. Is that is that the last website you look at night and the first one in the morning? <laughs> yes. I'm screwing with you. Um, but uh, United States EIA says consumes 18.96 million barrels of oil per day. That is, it's uh, a lot. That's some oil. Well, it might sound like a lot, but then when you compare it to the next closest. User of China, ten point five million. See, then now you really realize just how much we actually it, do consume. It really tapers off from there, though. Yeah, Japan, like, number three, is four point five million, so less half than half of China. Less yeah. than half, um, and they they import all of it. Like that's you know, uh, India three point six, Russia three and a half. So. Then Meanwhile, Brazil. Russia is the world's leading producer of oil. Yeah. And they consume very little yeah. comparatively. Um, I was actually surprised how much uh, Saudi Arabia consumes because they're in the seventh spot here and they actually consume just under three million barrels. Yeah. Um, don't they use it for other stuff than cars, though? Well, yeah. They're, a lot of their energy, their power, right, comes yeah, like from they oil. They burn it for yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's such an abundant resource over there. But they realize that it's oil revenue is not going to last forever. So they've been uh, really gearing up. For a renewable revolution in Saudi Arabia, solar, solar, yeah, absolutely. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, they're in the right part of the world for it. Yeah, it's got more. The only thing abundant more abundant sunlight. than oil in Saudi Arabia is sunlight. Yeah. Well, sand, but well, oh yeah, way. Right. but that's a great reflector. Right? Got me so. there. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we head out, Taylor, what uh, any stocks you're uh, interested in right now? Yeah, we can kind of link this stock back to the first topic of drones. Um, this company is called Aerovironment. Ticker AVAV um, traditionally has been linked to the the government and military spending um, through un, unmanned aircraft systems. Been you know a contractor with the government for uh, 20 25 years. So that's a 
biggest portion of their business, but they are branching out into drones for use in oil, gas, uh, additional applications of the U.S. military, and also um, electric vehicle charging stations. So, kind of diverse company here with the backbone of the U.S. government for that majority of their revenue right now. But then they give you avenues of growth with drones and electric vehicle charging stations, um, among other things. And the stock sold off quite recently, uh, end of end of August, August mm-hmm. 31st, I believe. So looking good. Uh, balance sheet's pretty strong. But because it's a contract-based company at the moment, uh, revenue isn't quite as visible. So there is some lumpiness there. But uh, business that anyone that's interested in profiting off of increased use of drones and the like. Uh, I think this is a cool company to take a look at. Awesome. That's Bank- ticker AVAV. Boom. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your thoughts, Taylor. Totally. Have a good one. You got it. You too. And that is it for us, folks. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Taylor Markerman, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!